Did I turn it on? Okay. I feel like the music should have been much louder for such a great event, right? It should have been doof, doof, doof. You should have been feeling it. Yeah. Is anybody already registered if you're a college student to go to the Every Nation Conference 2023? No? Come on, guys. Come on. It gets more expensive as you wait. Is that so how it works? It still gets more expensive as you... What? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Well... The sooner the better, the campus minister says, so she can plan and coordinate, right? And so let's thank God for Sarah Baker who does all the campus ministry stuff. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm really fond of Every Nation, even though uh, Every Nation uh, campus ministries, you guys haven't really seen me around the Every Nation campus ministries because I'm now 39 years old. However, when I was at Kings Park International Church, give it up for Kings Park, Yeah, in Durham, North Carolina, even though I was 25 years old and not in college, it was the college ministry that took me in. Uh Uh-huh, you hear that? You know anybody that's not in college? You can minister to them, too, if you're in college. It's okay. You don't have to just stay in your uh, campus, campus clique, campus bubble. Uh, I lived with five other guys and uh, that were in college, and I was not, and it changed my life forever. Those two years were the most impactful. This is not in the message. Uh, those, those five years were the most, uh, two years, I'm sorry, of living with five other guys that were chasing after God in college or just right out of college. Changed me forever. It was actually in that time that I went to ministry school, this, the training program, and God called me to Chicago. That's right. So that's also a plug for God's design for living in Christian community as well. If you feel like you're just not close to God, well, he has a mechanism for that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But be assured that it also includes being involved in the community of God on a daily, share your life together, wash your spoons together, fuss at each other when the dishes aren't clean. Somebody didn't put them in the dishwasher together, if you have a dishwasher. Like, that's where the fruits of the Holy Spirit get worked out, and you will grow like wildfire. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, my name is Cole. I'm associate pastor here at the church, along with our amazing gift from God, uh, lead pastor, Robin Fisher, right back here. I, I get the opportunity every couple months to share with you guys uh, a message, uh, an impartation of what I feel like God is doing at our church and what he wants us to focus into. And if you're here online as well, sorry, I just saw the camera. We're so glad you're here, too. Um, and so I'm excited to talk with you guys today. Have you guys enjoyed going through the Gospel of Luke so far? Yeah. Well, time flies, right? We are in Luke 11 today. That's right. We did skip the first couple of chapters because when we get to Christmas, come to church on Christmas, okay? When we get to Christmas, we're going to go back to the beginning of Luke so we can cover those. But we find ourselves in Luke 11. So before we get started, let's just take a moment and let's ask God to bless this time together. Yeah. Well, Heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your name is holy. You are holy, so may we keep it holy. May the word that goes forth today be holy fire. Holy fire that burns away the chaff, that sets us free, that increases our faith in Jesus today. Lord, be honored today. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you guys like it when the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, whatever, just gives away like the main point up front, or do you like the build up? Either way, 
Well, I'm still working on my storytelling ability, so I'm going to give it away up front. Yeah. All right. So the truth is, as we finish Luke 10, the last thing in Luke 10 is that Jesus has this encounter with Mary and Martha at their house, their hospitality. And uh, Martha, because of her love for Jesus, he knows the Lord loves Martha. So if you fall into a Martha state, he loves you. Uh, But she was working hard, running around making sandwiches, doing whatever she was doing. But the truth is, she got upset. Her work made her bitter. And she said, Jesus, tell my sister. First off, she commanded the Lord Jesus to do something. Where do we get off doing that, number one? If he's the maker of heaven and earth and all authority is given to him, we say, Jesus, what should we do, <laughs> right? Uh, so number one, you can tell her work had taken her to a not-so-good place, even though it was for a good reason, right? Uh, and then Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and learning from him, being with him, enjoying his presence. And Jesus told her the famous words, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Who wants the better thing? Who wants dead religion? Works that do not impart life to you or anybody else. Who wants to be running around making sandwiches that Jesus never ordered? (laughs) If he orders a sandwich, sure, make it. Be excellent with it, right? But who wants to waste their life? You were made for more than just work without any eternal purpose to it. I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> I, I was getting all psyched up for the message today. I was like, man, we're bringing the fire today. It's going to be high octane, and then during worship, thank you, John, for leading worship, and the worship team, everybody on there. I feel like the Lord said, no, I just want to have a conversation with my people today. Do you know he loves you? He wants to spend time with you. And out of that love, as Pastor Ron preached last week, that is going to be the source, the well from which you draw for every good thing. If it did not come from the well of Christ, it's not good. It may be temporarily pleasurable or helpful, but it will not be good. And for you, because he loves you, he sees your heart, he loves your heart. He cares about your interior life. He cares about your your emotional well-being, your state of mind. And he wants you to pull from his well, okay? And so, I'm just going to read this part. Luke 10 sets sets us up for a teaching on prayer. I know people gloss over when we talk about prayer, but do not. This is for your well-being and for his kingdom come, okay? One of the things I feel like the Lord has told me, though, I am so thankful for medicine. I am so thankful for pharmaceuticals. Praise the Lord for wisdom and information and authority over creation to be able to use it uh, to do good things. But the truth is most medicines have some kind of side effects, Am I right? Yeah, we got uh, basically a doctor up here, Joe Ed. I'll just call you Dr. Joe. (laughs) Dr. Joe. And most medicines have side effects. But do you know when you have a moment with the Lord, a command from the Lord, there are no side effects to it? It is all good. 
100% through and through, down to the uh, DNA, molecule, neutrons, protons, there's probably more than that, quarks level, it is good because he is, he is good. And so there are no side effects. So if you want the pure, the pure medicine, the pure life, the pure joy, you've got to get it from Jesus by being with him, okay? And that's why he told Mary, it's like she shows him what is better, and it's not going to be taken away from her. Do you know that the Lord will fight for you when you choose to be with him? The hardest thing for me to do every week, this is a conversation, so the hardest thing for me to do every week because of the way I was brought up, but more importantly because I'm a human in a mortal body, which the scripture says you and I, these bodies that we spend so much time taking care of, which you should, brush your teeth, please, <laughs> okay? It is not going to make it into, the, into heaven. It must be transformed by either going into the ground or if Jesus comes back, it will be transformed and you will get a spiritual body, okay? All right, so Luke 10 sets us up for a teaching on prayer, and Jesus commends Mary's decision to sit at his feet and learn from him rather than be distracted by what seems necessary. This approval of Mary coupled with Jesus' own prayer life, because who knows the disciples were walking with him everywhere he went, sharing life. Remember those two years that I was talking about where I was living with other men of God, and it was amazing and transformative. We were walking together. So the disciples were walking with Jesus. They knew his prayer life. They knew he disappeared, and they were like, Jesus, where are you? Breakfast is ready. They couldn't find him. It happened. Or they would go chasing after him because he was in prayer because it was important. So the approval of Mary coupled with Jesus' own prayer life and powerful ministry causes the disciples to take note and ask Jesus to teach them how to pray. And that stood out to me at the beginning of Luke. Uh, 11 so we'll just we'll read that part it says now Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray as John taught his disciples and he said to him said to them when you pray say there are a lot of good books written on prayer I you know I recommend them it's always good to add to your knowledge but if you're a disciple of Jesus, you need to look at his prayer life. You need to do what he did. You need to, you need to stop beating around the bush and going around and looking for all these uh, methods for prayer. And you, you just need to look at Jesus. He had a certain place where he would get away and get alone. And he would have intimate time with his father. If you love somebody, you love being in every different setting with them. You love being in group settings. You love doing things shoulder to shoulder, side by side, working together. But who loves their date nights if you're married in here or you're dating? Oh, they're so good. We get one like once every four months, and it is awesome. <laughs> if you want to babysit Brielle, let me know. <laughs> you just have to go through the purple book first. Of uh, guys, I hadn't even told you what the three points are yet. I'm so sorry. Rollin, forgive me. If you don't want me to preach again, I understand. 
Okay, the three points. Well, let me give you the focus. I'm sorry. God cares about your heart. So he gives miracles to awaken our hearts, to hear his word, that we may become disciples of Jesus Christ and experience true blessing. Or we could say everlasting blessing or genuine blessing, like the real thing. Not just what the good medicine gives us, but the real thing without side effects, right? And our three points for today are pray with Jesus, which is the first section, work with Jesus, number two, and then number three, cleanse by Jesus. Okay, I'm probably going to do a lot of reading now, or we're not going to make it. We've got 13 minutes left. All right, so pray with Jesus. The disciples look to Jesus to teach them to pray powerfully. And when they do, this is the point here, they themselves, their hearts, and the world are transformed. It's not either or. It's not go preach the gospel, lead your community group so that you can make disciples because Jesus said go do this, which, which we should obey him. He is the Lord of heaven and earth, the giver of life, the one who resurrects us from the dead, right, and makes us clean. However, there's more to it than that. He cares about your heart, and when your heart is right, then your works will be, will be good. So let's, let's continue on in reading the scripture. All right, where did we leave that? Okay. So disciples asked Jesus how to pray, so we need to ask him. And Jesus told them, when you pray, say, or some translations say, say, pray like this. Pray in this way. So it doesn't have to be verbatim. But he says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Submission to the Father. Give us each day our daily bread. So give us our necessities for our body. And forgive us our sins. Acknowledgement of sin, because he's holy. We are not, that we're being made holy. And we ask for forgiveness, because he's the only one who can do it. We can't just go to other people and try to be right with them. we got to get right with Jesus. He holds the keys to heaven and hell. He's the judge and the Savior. And forgive us our sins for, or some translations, as we, right, the continuing, ongoing, as we forgive everyone, say everyone. Now think about the one person you won't forgive. As we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Right? And then deliver us from the evil one. Right? Because we live in these bodies, we are so tempted to just get distracted. To get off track. And that's why you can put no confidence at all in the flesh to overcome sin to do good works. It must be done by the power of his spirit and by sitting with him in prayer in his word because he can make it good because he's making you good, right? He created you good, we fail, but now the process of redemption, right? Sanctification, these are big words, is he's making you good now, right? By faith in him, you're made good, but now it's being worked out. The flesh is being overcome. So if the flesh is being overcome, it is overcome by the power of his spirit. As you surrender and submit to his authority, hallowed be your name, 
forgive me as I forgive those around me. I'm no better than them. We're in the same boat. I'm excited about the sat in the boat. You guys excited about that? Yes. Guess what? We are all in the same boat, and he calls us out to come be with him, so we have to forgive others. Verse 5 says, and he said to them, which of you has a friend? I got a friend. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine, another friend, a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him, and he will answer from within, do not bother me, Cole. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impudence. Everybody say impudence. 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 We'll cover that in just a moment. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone, say everyone. Everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, are you seeing an element of perseverance here? Even alongside a promise? Can God give you a promise, but yet you have to persevere to obtain it? If you don't think so, you were born again yesterday, and you were just getting to know him. That's right. Because he prospers you in the perseverance of the promise, internally. Remember, he cares about your heart. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, talking to the dads, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, well, instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. This part's highlighted in my notes. If you then, who are evil, remember, forgive us our sins. Even our best attempts, right, need to, have, need to be sanctified. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? So if we persevere along somebody who says to be our friend, but then it's too late for them to help us at night, or we have family relationships, which we put all our trust in, which you said, God loves family. It's the foundation on which society is built, right? But even those are still not perfect. But they know how to give good gifts, but they can't give you the Holy Spirit. And that is how you will be transformed, being filled with the Spirit. Do you know when you come to Jesus by faith, it's basic uh, theology in here. When you come to Jesus by faith, the reason that you are what the Bible calls as born again is that you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus and you become a clean place now, forgiven of sin, washed clean, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you. That's why we are the church, those who are born again. We are the temple of the living God together. 
But do you know you still need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Think about it. If you're a vessel, you've got a seed inside of you, in this vessel, like a cup, right? And there's a seed in it. Is the seed in the cup? Yep. When will the seed actually affect the outside of the cup? When it grows. It fills the cup, and then it overflows, and then the cup is covered with power from on high, right? So if you're having sin patterns in your life, thought patterns that you know are not of God, they're either of the flesh or they're of the enemy of your soul, you need to be filled with the Spirit. So your flesh, your mind, the human way of thinking right, can be overcome by the word of God and actually have effect. Does this make sense? Seriously, does it make sense? Yes, because the word says that spiritual truths must be received, right, by the spirit, okay? And so the reason he says how much, because this was a disconnect for me when I was reading it. It's like, you're talking to us about praying and then you're like, you know, bread and Asking, asking for daily bread, but then you're like, well, how much will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I'm like, what, how does this connect? Well, if you're praying that the will of God be done, it's going to require, on earth as it is in heaven, it's going to require you to subdue the flesh, right? Because it does not want the will of God. And to do what he wants, even when he says, I know you, this is a desire of your heart, but now is not the time. Okay, write this down. Your burden, if it's God's burden for you, is someone else's blessing. Meaning you carry it so that somebody else can be blessed. That's why Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Right? Those who find their life will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake in this gospel will find it or will save it. Your burden is somebody else's blessing. And the kingdom of God will not come to those around us or in our generation anyway if we are not disciples who persevere so the first perseverance is persevering in prayer we have to persevere in prayer so that we can be filled with the spirit and we can actually do his will and then his kingdom comes among us amen amen all right moving on from there oh just a couple of cross references here for you i was going to go into them but we're almost out of time already mm-hmm <laughs> All right, impudent, Genesis 32, 22. You guys remember Jacob wrestling with God? Scripture's pretty clear. He was not wrestling with just an angel, but he was wrestling with God. God appeared in the form of an angel, and he wrestled him. Wrestled him. And do you know what uh, Jacob said? He said, I will not let go until you bless me. Come on, Emmanuel. What kind of audacity wrestles with the living God, maker of heaven and earth? Isn't that, like, sacrilegious? Isn't that impudent? Oh, there you go, impudent, okay. Guys, sometimes you just got to get in there and you got to wrestle with God and say, I know you want to bless me. Your word says this. Your promise says this. Your promise says that, you know, uh, uh, those who mourn will be comforted. Lord, I'm mourning. I'm mourning. Lord, you said that where the spirit, where the where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, I feel like I'm in bondage right now, but I know that's not what you want for me. So you persevere in prayer 
you remind him, the devil, and yourself of the blessing, right? And so go back and study that. And then Matthew 15, 22. This is a huge one. Matthew 15, 22. I'll summarize it for you. Jesus and the disciples doing life together. Remember we talked about that? Yeah, they're walking around um, doing life together. And this woman comes up. And scripture says that she's a Canaanite woman. Do you remember who the people group was that were so wicked in their practices that God removed them out of the, out of the uh, promised land? It was the Canaanites, right? And she was crying out, Jesus, heal my daughter. Heal my daughter. She has a demon. Heal my daughter. And Jesus kept his mouth shut, didn't say anything. Wow. Finally, because of her impudence, we could say, the other disciples were like, Jesus, please tell her to go away. Like, she's driving us crazy. We can't handle this. Tell her to go away. And Jesus said, it's not right for me to give you, to give you what belongs to the children, the bread that belongs to the children. And she's like, yes, but even the dogs eat the bread that falls from the master's table. The crumbs that fall from the master's table. That's called wrestling with God. And then what did Jesus respond to that? He's like, well, I don't like you. You're not the chosen people. The time's not right, so go away. No, he said, great is your faith, woman. Great is your faith. Sometimes colloquially we say she pulled down heaven. Right? And it says instantly her daughter was healed. The Canaanite woman that was from a people group that got removed out of the promised land. And Jesus being one of those people that got put in the land, right, she came to him. She overcame by the power of the Holy Spirit that was leading and guiding her, right, her uh, historical shame that could have been there. But because she needed this, she wrestled with God because of his promise. We pray in faith because our prayers are focused on the manifestation of God's promise and not on our own desire. This kind of faith that can seem to be uh, uh, rude or the timing's not right or even, even defiant maybe to an onlooker who doesn't understand that God's made a promise and so I'm holding on to it. I'm not being irreverent here. You can do that because he is faithful to his promise. God's goodness and faithfulness are the foundation we kneel upon in prayer. He delights in giving the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Who does he give it to? Those who ask him. Those who ask him. Right? Joel says that, I will pour my spirit out on my sons and daughters. My sons and daughters. God, in Jesus Christ, you have made me a son, by faith, repentance and faith. I know you want me to overcome this thing in my life. I know you want to bless me so that I can bless others. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about whatever you need to do God's will here and now. But I want to give you a um, uh, kind of like a, what's the word, sorry, when a foil, a literary foil, right? Kind of like the counterside of it. Okay, how many, okay, did anybody ever wrestle with Jesus or in faith where he's like, oh, great faith, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Oh. Did he ever turn anybody down for, for healing? 
If you find it, let me know. I didn't see it. And this is not a message about healing or God heals everybody. There's a point here, okay? However, even though all of Jesus' prayers and attempts were answered, we see very clearly in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you know Gethsemane means the place of crushing? It's a garden. It's supposed to be beautiful. Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden, perfect place on the earth where God's presence is and we walk with him and talk with him and love them. But here's Jesus on his final night before he goes to the cross in the garden called the place of crushing. So Jesus prays in Gethsemane for the cup assigned to him, which was to go because he's the son of God and lived a perfect life for each one of you in here, each person watching. He lived the perfect life that you and I should have lived, but none of us could have. It's okay, we're all in the same boat. So he did it for us. But Jesus prayed, ah, please take this cup from me. Do I have to go to the cross? Is there any other way, if possible? Is there? But not my will be done. Your will be done. Did the Father take the cup from him? No, he didn't. So is there a place where God will say no? Yes, because there's no other way. If you really are praying, God, Heavenly Father, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, not my kingdom. I know you want to bless my business, God. For, uh, like I own a business, right? I know God wants to bless my business, but I'm like, not my kingdom, your kingdom. This, is ha this has to serve you. This has to serve you. If that means this takes longer, Whatever, if there's a burden that you have assigned to me to carry that will result in the blessing of others coming to know Christ Jesus and receiving eternal life and hope that is, that is everlasting and unquenchable, okay, okay, I'm a disciple. I know there's going to be glory, there's going to be joys, it's going to be great. Scripture tells us that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him and so i firmly believe that when you're in that place where you you recognize the cross that's been assigned to you and you're spending time in prayer which is a call to intimacy with our maker right that that call is also a call to joy which will allow you to endure or we could say i'm sorry maybe this is better it's a call to hope right Faith, Hebrews 11 one says, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Then it goes on to tell us that by this kind of faith, the ancients persevered. There's a whole cloud of witnesses that did not receive the promise of the kingdom come, meaning in his fullness, because Jesus is coming back. You guys know that, right? All right. I know we got, got some new faces in here, but Jesus made a promise that after he resurrected from the dead, he's coming back, and he's going to make all things right. So in the meantime, we get to receive joy and blessing along with having to persevere through it so that others can be prepared for when he comes back. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to wrap up in just a moment. So uh, worship team, you can... Come up if you want to.
The second point is work with Jesus, and that's Luke 11, 14 through 23. And the point there is that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil by delivering and healing those in Satan's grip. Uh, Jesus cares for the hurting by turning compassion into action. Let's see here. And uh, there's the one point that I want to point out here from this section is that Jesus is getting accused of doing miraculous works. He's getting accused of uh, actually Satan doing them through him. Right? And so there are, as we're praying for promises to come about, they may look crazy. Because if you're asking for something that can't humanly be, be done, and it's miraculous, it's going to be a little interesting or understandable, or I don't know how that works. But hey, hallelujah, praise God, he did it. And so I just felt like God wanted to point out these three things to us. Because one thing the scripture talks about too is, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. I'll say it third time. Do not quench the spirit. And so the three things um, that we see here in the scripture, if and you guys can play if you want to. Jesus tells them, look, if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God, everybody say finger of God. If it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his guards are safe, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. And then verse 23 says, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Who wants to gather with Jesus? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. If you want to gather with Jesus, this is a call for our church to persevere in prayer. To persevere in prayer. To expect the joy that doesn't make sense. To expect deliverance. And sometimes deliverance is not, sometimes it's messy. Is having a baby a good thing? Yep. You ever been in a birth, though? It's messy. We laugh, I'm, you know, but for real, it is. It's painful. It's messy. But even scripture says that she forgets, the mom forgets, because of the joy of holding the new baby. One of my mentors, um, uh, Dr. Leo now, he was Pastor Leo at the time, I think. He said that, because we're big on discipleship, okay, prayer, deliverance, discipleship. He says that there is no discipleship without deliverance. And there is no deliverance without discipleship. And because of our time constraints, you can go back and read it. But it says when Jesus cast out that demon, he told a story. And though the house was swept and put in order, the person got their life together when they got free, right? But they missed something. They didn't feel the house. Guys, if we're making disciples, we gotta feel the house. Because if not, scripture says, 
seven demons more wicked than itself came back. And that person was worse off than at the beginning. We cannot quench the spirit. We gotta begin to walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We pray in the power of the spirit. When Jesus was in that garden of Gethsemane, it says that the three that were with him, it says that the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. So they fell asleep. Guys, the Lord wants us to wake up. Wake up. Just can I can I can I prophesy over you guys for a second? Speak the word of God, what I believe he wants for our church and our life. Yeah, do you receive it? Yeah? Okay. I believe the Lord right now. He's calling some of you who think you're yoked to him, but you're yoked to an idea of him. Because he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So come to me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. So right now, I see happening in the spirit. I see the heavy, burdensome yoke of self-effort of self-help, of trying to meet some idea of what you think is good being broken off of some people right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Luke 11 essentially tells us that the Pharisees, excuse me, Luke 11, 37 through 54. This is the cleansed by Jesus point. It says that the Pharisees were wicked on the inside, that everything was right on the outside. He said, give alms that which is inside, and everything on the outside will be clean for you. Is there anybody here like me right now who doesn't want to hold anything back on the inside? You want him to have full access. You need to get that stupid pop-up on your phone, and it's like, this app needs access to one photo or the whole album. Are you giving Jesus access to one photo? You can have my business. You can have my school. You can have my, my love life if you give me a pretty wife. You can, whatever it is. Is there anybody in here who wants to give Jesus access to the whole album? Yeah. All right. Well, let's, can you stand up for me if you're able? We got to do this together, guys. No, I'm serious. The reason I'm serious, I was so convicted reading the Lord's Prayer. There's not an I in there. Our Father in heaven, forgive us our sins. He taught the disciples to pray so that the disciples could move together, so that they could be encouraged together, so that they could see the kingdom come together because you can't do it alone. We got to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we got to be in community. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go back in, into worship right after I pray. Yeah. Well, Heavenly Father, we stand before you in the name of your Son, Jesus, and we say you are holy. You are worthy. There is none beside you. There is none like you. Jesus, we declare that you are enough. You are enough. You are enough. You are enough. We rebuke FOMO that keeps us from sitting at your feet for any extended period of time. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. We say, go.
And God, we ask now in the name of Jesus that you replace that fear of missing out with a hopeful expectation of knowing you better and power to work with you to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we give you full access to our hearts. Search us and know us. See if there's any wicked way in us. And lead us in your everlasting way, God. Thank you for caring for our hearts. Thank you for caring about whether we have joy or not. Lord, fill us up right now with your Holy Spirit. Overflow us. Burn away the chains of the enemy. Let today be a new day. This week, a new week. Where we no longer obey you simply out of duty, though, though we should. But may we overflow with love for you because you've put your love in us. Lord, we ask you for resurrection power, Lord, as we turn from sin and place our trust in you each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.